Doug Simmons, oh. are you there? Oh my goodness, my goodness, my goodness! It is he, he, as opposed to him. Chris Ryan yes. is here. We are ready to do another episode of Tell the Damn Story. I believe this is episode number sixty-eight. Is yes, that it is. It is sixty-eight. We are moving progressively towards. That big number, that big wow. three-digit number. We still got a I few to go. I can't even conceive of that yet. But yeah. We're gonna have to make that a big yeah. shindig. Absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> we're also we're also gonna celebrate this, the 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 seven five too. When we hit that one, we're gonna celebrate that one. That would be fantastic. An excuse for a party. That's all I'm looking for. Yeah, yeah. Well, um, <laughs> this so, is the first. Wait, uh, minute, wait, this is the first episode we've recorded for 2019. This is welcome wow. to 2019. Yes, welcome, welcome. It has begun. Uh, just as surprising as uh, 2018 was. Um, one of the things that is kind of in the news these days that I think we should talk about up front, uh, how about Aquaman oh. heading towards a billion-dollar global box office? Yeah, and how long has it been out? <laughs> I think it's three weekends, four weekends now, maybe four you know, weekends. You know, I mean... Yeah, I mean, yeah. I, I don't want to be impressed by money alone, but dag. <laughs> well, you know, in context, right? Just, what, half a dozen years ago, he was the butt of an ongoing joke. One of those, uh, the Entourage uh, HBO show, you mm -hmm, know? Mm -hmm. uh, it was going to be, what What kind of movie was this going to be? Um, people making fun of the actor for being Aquaman. Uh, how many times has he been... Uh, on the various nighttime cartoon shows, been the butt of jokes, you know. Uh, and these guys who did this movie, they took on every one of those jokes, every one of the elements of Aquaman that w was seen as dorky or dumb or lame, and they turned everything on its ear. That movie is underwater Star Wars. That is a <laughs> lot of fun. And it is going to be the most successful DC movie ever. Boy, that changes some things, doesn't it? Yeah, it, it does. You know, and, and I think, you know, again, people have to, um, I mean, I, I, I think we have to get real about a number of things in this world. But one of them is it's a movie. Okay, we've got actors, we've got comic book characters, and we've got movies. And, and does it really make your day to spend hours upon hours making fun of, you know, another human being? I mean, really, you got nothing else to do or to freak out. I mean, get viscerally angry about certain things. It's a movie. It's a yeah. fantasy. You know, come on, guys. Breathe. Breathe. I exhale. For <laughs> all those people who spend time on the Internet crapping on other people's creative efforts whether it be star wars or dc movies or this and that and i have been guilty occasionally so i will slap my own self in the head on this but uh is that the best use of your time i mean people are doing stuff there are dozens and dozens of shows that are not to my liking movies that are not to my liking i don't turn them on i don't go to them I don't open that particular book, you know, mm. you don't, what is it that Kevin Smith says? You don't have to, uh, push someone down to lift yourself up. Yeah. You know? And, and, and he's, he's right about he, Yeah. That. He's not the originator of that, or he's not the no. only person saying that most assuredly. He's, not, he's, he's it just is, the one I hear say it most often. Right. It is, <laughs> and, 
<laughs> and and it makes perfect sense. You know, yeah. it does because you're expending that energy knocking other people. Why don't you spend that energy building something for yourself? You know, or creating something that's missing. But anyway, that's that. You know, the Aquaman movie. Yes, it's doing. Yeah, it's and trendy. best of luck to him. Right, and let's <laughs> let's just let's just throw on there also. You know, another another hey 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 to uh, Spider Man the Spider Verse Spidey Verse. You yeah. know. Won yeah. a couple of Golden Globes. That's it's right. doing well in the box office That's as right. well. And and on not only on the level of oh what a great adventure, a great animation film, but a great story. People are coming away talking about it on multiple levels of quality. So I'm, great I'm happy story, for that. Great message for uh, a time where we need that message. It is also. It's as close as experiencing a comic book on the big screen as I think we've seen. Mm. And once you make that slight adjustment to that, it's all so much fun. Mm. This is a movie that has heart, that has adventure, that has Miles Morales, baby, that has <laughs> Gwen looking. Uh, I, you know, I didn't, I wasn't a Spider Gwen person. I never read any of her stuff, but the concept was uh, uh, really well. Executed and Spider Ham. I mean, come on, Spider Ham. You got to You got to give him it up for Spider Ham. You know, uh, you know what? Peter I Porker. So yeah. didn't want to like Spider Ham. <laughs> I so wanted to say, wow, that's the thing that's going to ruin the movie. And they used Spider Ham to their best ad, uh, advantage. You know, like a really good spice that you toss in just a little bit, just enough. Yep. And uh, and it improves the meal. Same thing with noir Spider-Man. I was like, uh-oh, yeah. Nick Cage, this could go wrong very yeah. easily. Ooh, ooh, ooh. You well, talking you know, about God bless Nick, but you know, and 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 the absolute we'll say nerve that he has. Like uh the the ghost rider movie, he was like, ah, you know what? I'm just gonna I'm just going to be Elvis when I'm when my skull's not burning. That was <laughs> hilarious and B-movie and all that stuff, but it just shoved the entire movie in a, you know, in a B-level direction or maybe a C-level direction, you know, so so he can do that. He can be over the top, but he wasn't here. He was a team player here and big props for him. Mm -hmm. Big props for Chris uh, Pine in a small role that he excelled at. It was wonderful. Mm. Yeah, so all around, they're just, you know, um, the guy who just won the uh, Golden Globe for Green Book, he plays the Prowler, and what a fantastic performance. Um, there's the guy who plays Miles' is a stepdad. Yeah, yeah. And those moments. Come on, you have to say it. Oh. Yeah, right on the on the speaker, right on the speaker. You know, <laughs> in front of the whole school. Yeah, oh my God, yeah, that's a school yeah, time nightmare. Yeah, yeah. But anyway, that's what's trending, and I think it's fantastic. Those are two beautiful things. we uh, we have a lot of show. So, I, what do you think? Well, ready to move on? Yeah, I think we are. So, what caught your attention uh, this week? What caught my attention is Firefly. Big Damn Hero. It's a novel by James Lovegrove, original story concept by Nancy Holder, and the consulting editor is Joss Whedon. So oh. you got names attached to this all over the place. Oh. Bottom line, what this is is book one of a trilogy of Firefly books that take place 
within the continuity of the one and only season of that TV show. So it's before the movie. Um, the whole cast is there. Um, what I, uh, I I saw the cover and mentioned it to my wife. You might want to mention uh, Firefly, what it is, because, I mean, they're rabbit fans, but there are also a lot of well, people who Firefly, might not know. Uh, Firefly was a space opera cowboy western mix um, created by Joss Whedon for Fox Television. And um, two, of the, two of the main characters, um, Malcolm Reynolds being the main character, he's played by Nathan Fillion. Um, he and, uh, one other were former brown coats. These were rebels who lost the war to the Alliance and, uh, they have a ship called Serenity and, um, they and their crew, uh, travel around getting small jobs to do, uh, some of them on the right side of the law, some of them not so much on the right side of the law, <laughs> uh, test their uh, morality and a uh, collection of fantastic characters. Um, I'm a big oh, fan of Whedon's work, especially back then. Um, and it's good to see the characters again. Uh, Lovegrove catches the personalities of each very well. The um, book goes and follows uh, different characters' narratives, so you get into their head, and uh, he captures each of these very distinct voices uh, very well. I'm sure Whedon uh, had a bit to do with this. Whedon has a reputation for giving... Uh, work that has his name attached, a final polish. I don't know for a fact if he did it here, but it feels like it. Mm. There are some jokes that sound very Whedon-esque. Whedon-esque, uh, okay. But again, part book one of a three-book, uh, uh, of course, a trilogy. So there's going to be, for those of you who like Firefly um, and Serenity and consider yourself brown coats, uh, here's <laughs> some material. As a matter of fact, one of the interviews... Then I sent you from a recent um, PhilCon, well, it was the summer, or no, November, uh, is an interview with two brown coats who are fans of the show, who come to, you know, brown coats go to various cons and uh, book shows dressed in the costumes from the show Firefly. Oh, so they're like um, cosplayers and, and so forth. Yeah, like, but like, they also do, like, fundraising and... and, and um, Charity work and it's they're oh, a pretty good. cool organization. Yeah, there are guys like the the five hundred one, which is a Star Wars group, and there's yes, also to that. there's similar also Ghostbusters that. groups that do that. So that's pretty cool. That's pretty yeah, cool. Well, you know, shout out to them for that. Mm -hmm. But uh, the book caught my attention, uh, and I mentioned it to the wife uh, who's uh, working in a library. And before I knew it, there it was. So whatever else I was reading I had to go to the side, and I've been having some fun with this. Excellent. So you would you would say oh, it was, uh, big, big fun, ladies and gentlemen, big fun. All right, Alex. And so now it's your turn. What caught your attention this week? Well, you know, I'm I'm kind of glad that we we opened up with some jollification, as the phrase goes. Uh, you know, fun stuff, good stuff. Uh, uh, because um, unfortunately, the thing that caught my attention it was just yesterday is um, the loss of a very dear friend who was also. 
extremely talented writer and artist in the comic book industry, and uh, I'm talking about uh, the one and only Batten Lash. What a nice guy. Yeah, what a, what a great, great human being. Um, Batten, I met, my goodness, over 30 years ago when I first started uh, in the comic book industry, you know, working, uh, doing writing, and um, looking for work as well. Uh, but I had I had my 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 blackjack book was just getting ready to come out, and I was hitting some of the conventions. And you know, Batten is was the kind of person that you know he was he was dapper in his dress. You know, he yes, he, he you know he had these really cool kind of jackets and suits and ties and things. It was just really he he stood out without being you know flamboyant or ostentatious or anything like that. And it always looked a little period to me. Yeah, a little period. Or if you think about it, even the old TV series, here I go aging myself again, the old TV series with Patrick McGowan, the 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 um the prisoner, where they you know they had some of those jackets, those black blazers with the white trim on them and things like that. So it's either eighteen nineties or a prisoner esque. Uh, uh, I think I saw some of that on YouTube. Yeah, yeah, there you go. Yeah, thank you very much, Chris. Yeah, yeah, like I'm ancient and he's not. Um, but but Batten was again dapper. He was cordial. He was sharing in his information and making you feel welcome. Uh, his wife Jackie is is just a superhuman being, and they're just a great couple. But Batten did a series called Wolf and Bird. And it was a black Counselors and white of the macabre, right? And and if it's a series, and people going counselors of the macabre, what the heck? The bottom line of it, I think one of the lines was the the undead have lawyers be afraid or something like that. Right. He also know. would co- put it out under supernatural law once in a while, right? And but yeah. again, these these were independent publications. This, mm-hmm. He was writing and drawing and publishing the work, and the work and was of great quality. Yeah, distribute, but that's the thing. He was back the, back in those days, like with Bones and some of the other series. He was doing his own thing and putting it out there, and he he did it all of these years. He always put out the work. He always worked for quality and consistency. If you met him at a con, he was always convivial and mm-hmm. you know, just a, a gentle, funny, sweet man. And if I could, if I could add. Oh, of um, course, I'm not going to stop you from adding anything nice you want to say about him. <laughs> you know? Well, I met him through you um, early on when I was coming to uh, conventions purely in support of you. I hadn't put anything out, um, and you introduced me when he he would come up to say hello. You know. Yeah. Um, and you introduced me, and he was immediately supportive, uh, uh, treating me as, you know, a member of the industry where I had no right <laughs> <laughs> to be considered that way. He was supportive, and um, I remember his—he had a charming, quick wit. Mm-hmm. Uh, never, never negative, never ripping anybody apart. Um, it wasn't his thing. No, it was not his thing. But you don't get a lot of these people. And as you said, he was independent and publishing all this stuff at a time when, man, there were you know 
the foil covers and oh, the, yeah. uh, oh, you know, multiple, multiple yeah. X-Men titles. Right, yeah. All the cash grabs that they were doing and yeah, not every, just Marvel, every, DC, every, you know. Every comic that came yeah. out was considered a collectible. I mean, come yeah. on, you know, come on. Yeah, and he was putting out stuff that was fun. Yes, fun and in black and white. Fun. And I even remember... There was a point where a lot of the distrib not a lot of the distributors, a couple of the distributors, and certain other people who were reviewing comics with a certain sort of hoity-toity attitude would comment that black and white was dead. You know, you, you couldn't do quality in black and white. It had to be color, and it had to be the modeling, you know, computer coloring with, you know, all of the fancy tricks that go with that because nobody's going to read anything else. And there was Batten just... Just doing it, Wolf and Bird, and his covers were in color, but the interiors were black and white. The, the humor was there, the stories were there. There was subtext in there, and and all just beautifully put together, consistently of quality. And you know what's one of the beautiful things is you could go on to Amazon or wherever else you buy comic books. Uh, you can probably find uh, Wolf and Bird, Counselors of Macab of, of the Macabre, or Supernatural Law. Order it today, get it this week, open it up and enjoy it because yeah. it's timeless. Yeah. You know, light humor, uh, trading on the staples of the horror genre in a fun way. Without it becoming it was, a bloodbath, you know, or. Yeah, did or it kind of remind you of like a mix of Universal yeah. uh, Monsters yeah. and Archie? Yeah. <laughs> Right, it's kind of it was kind of as light as Archie, as, as timeless as Archie, a uh, classic Archie, and um, as timeless and classic as those characters. It was fun, or or um, or maybe Scooby Doo. Well, I, had, the only thing know, that I would add Archie. to that is it was it was more sophisticated than some of the humor and antics within, but at the same time, it was funny. It was light. It you know it it and it also touched on. You know, topics. You know, without being preachy mm -hmm. or anything like that. It just, you know, it just really was. For at least as far as myself and a lot of the fan base uh, was concerned, it was just the right amount, the right number of ingredients of a really perfect stew. It's a, it's amazing, and and we should talk about the man for a minute. But it's amazing how well written, how subtly drawn all this was mm -hmm. so that all of it kept that balance. It never got preachy. It never got uh, overly heavy. It never got too fluffy and light. That's, that's a master at his, uh, you know, at his craft. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, and he should be remembered that way. Well, I, and I, for his generous personality, he was a really good guy. I was, I was going to say that he definitely is going to be remembered for who he was, the kind of person he was, uh, the kind of human being that I prefer meeting more often, you know, because we can spend the little bit of time we have on this planet bashing people. We can spend a lot of time, as uh, one of the uh, coaches and mentors uh, calls it, pissing in everybody's punch bowl. Uh, you, if you really want to do that, okay, that's 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 a small goal in life. But well, as, to, as far to, as I know, Batten never went no, anywhere near. And that's the what punch I'm saying. Way. That's what I'm. Oh, just behave. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. I'm saying that Batten is is in my mind because yes, he is he has left us physically, 
But in my mind, the way I see him is one of those, you know, fun, open, elegant people who just was trying to add a little more joy and gentleness to life. And I think that that, you know, you don't have to be a, a gentle person per se, but you don't have to be the bull in the china shop. You don't have to be the ugly, you know, gorilla. You can just move through life and create and be a good human being. And, and that's what he was. And that's one of the things that I'm going to remember most about him was, as you yeah. said, his welcome, open heart and mind and, and the fact that he, whenever I saw him, and, and I'll, I'll say this last thing too, but whenever I saw him, it was always a joy. And the last time I saw him, um, I, was, I was, you know, honored to be a judge at the Eisners, for the Eisners uh, last year. And so it was April of last year, I was out in San Diego to sit for four days <laughs> reading comics and graphic novels. And Jackie, his wife, was, was a part of the team that did that. And so I saw Jackie every day for hours as we all sat around working on this material and talking and discussing and everything. And then we would periodically go to lunch or dinner together. And so when I saw Batten while I was out there, it was so much fun to see him and to talk with him. He was born and raised in New York, but you know he lived on the West Coast. And I didn't know that that was the last time I was going to see him. And it, it sort of, when Jackie posted yesterday that he was gone, it sort of hit me, not not hard, not like a gut punch, but it just just sort of like the hand on my shoulder, just sort of a gentle squeeze that said, you've said it a thousand times, say it 10,000 times more. Tell people that you love, respect, or love and respect. Tell them now while they're here. Spend as much time as you can with them while they're here. Because the good words, they sound nice at a eulogy, but it's always a, so much better to be able to let them know how much they meant to you. And I really, really, really well, wish. How much they mean to you, right? Yeah, yeah. Celebrate them now. Yeah, yeah. Tell it to them now. Exactly. So, um, Batten, thank you for mucho many years of good good times, great friendship, and some some guidance along the way, even though you didn't know that you were offering that. And yeah. I will, I will absolutely remember you forever. As, as will I, as one of the people who immediately welcomed you into the community, you know, and I, the same experience that same weekend, I was, I experienced the other end of that. So it makes me appreciate Baton Lash all the more. You know, we need more people, uh, more creatives like Baton Lash. Um, his ability to make newbies feel welcome and feel that they have a place in the creative uh, community. Yeah. He doesn't play hierarchy. So yeah, you're right. You're right. Yeah. Well, we just, just last episode, uh, I believe that would be episode 67. You're enjoying the numbers uh, on this. Aren't I you? Yeah. The numbers. I love the numbers. <laughs> yeah. Um, but we, we featured an interview that I did with LA de, de, de Paolo. Yes. Um, who did whose first book uh debut novel uh forebodings uh conquerors of katara try saying that out. six times fast um yeah it's it's still you know god bless that book <laughs> um so we interviewed him and he was nervous before the interview um 
when we we cut in the middle because customers were at his table. So mm, I, I that's even a good says, thing. I even say it in the interview. You can go back and listen. And I let him go and deal with them and come back. And we continued. And he was like, oh, he thought we'd have to start all over again. And it's just the style of the interview is, you know, to reflect what's really going on. And then afterwards, he was worried that he, uh, you know, that the interview wasn't interesting enough. It was fantastic. He's charming. If you listen to it, he's got this great um, Italian charm in his voice. Ah. That is fun to listen to. So when we posted it, of course, I shared it to uh, Tony, L.A., uh, is also known as Tony. And he was like, oh, I just, you know, uh, I wish I was smooth and all that. And I told him, <laughs> I, you know, I, I think this is kind of some of the stuff that Batten taught us, you know. Yeah. I was like, you were perfect. You know, every bit, every minute of that, every second of that interview is you. Yeah. You know, you can hear you as a person and that's the best thing that's the best service we can do with those interviews and we learned i mean i learned it from you i learned it from bat and lash i learned it from a few people who when i came in to for a brief time with uh comics and then more with the um prose uh publications um also with some film work with phoenix films it's the people who welcome you Mm. And allow you to feel like, oh, your creativity is welcome here. That's those are the people who. It's almost like they help you exist, you know. Well, I mean, Um, they've they've actually. I mean, again, yes, we we do in entertainment and in politics and in certain other realms, we have uh, hierarchies. You know, there's there's the people who are successful or rich or whatever, and then there's everybody else. And, and some of us play to that and some of us don't. But the reality is I have met and I know you have met and people out there listening, I know you've met people that you considered were up there somewhere on the ladder above you who didn't treat you that way mm-hmm. because they in their heads are, hey, we're all, we're all here. We're all humans or we're, we're all artists or we're all in this for the same or we're, we're all doing the best we can. So I don't need to play that card. And I think... Right. I think what you were saying about DePaulo is that he was genuine. Yeah. And that's what people really need to see more or hear more is when someone's being genuine about what they're they're sharing with you. And I tell you, you know, you have to give yourselves some credit. Uh he did the hard work of creating an intriguing fantasy world. He had um, a beautiful cover. He's now republishing with a new cover, so he has his eye on what what, what can we do to uh, improve the project. Mm-hmm. The product. Mm-hmm. Matter of fact, um, I downloaded from Audible.com the audio version of the book, and I'm listening to that. Who's uh, reading fascinated. it? Fascinated. He has gone. He's gotten there before we have, and uh, <laughs> I'd love to. I'd love to pull him back for an interview. Uh, on how he did that, because uh, you know that he's just out of the gate, embracing those uh, platforms. Mm-hmm. That might be an interesting conversation. Did he read the book? Uh, say what? Did he do the narration of the book? Is he reading? No, the no, book? he hired somebody. He hired you know all that stuff. So, um, so he's got that professional quality. He's going yeah, for very, he's going he's for quality of, uh, music yeah. as a, effects and that kind of thing. Um, so it's engaging, a very engaging uh, listen. And I listen to stuff all the time, podcasts, uh, you know, audio books. I, I tend to do 
nonfiction. Now I'm doing fiction on that. So uh, it's really fun to see that he has achieved these things. And the more he, he allows himself to recognize, I think the uh, easier he'll be on himself. And yeah. you know, it took me a long time <laughs> to to stop embracing the negative and start embracing the positive. So I'm, you know, <laughs> this is a very different Chris Ryan than than uh, Alex ago. used to have to uh, tutor <laughs> and mentor and tell me to stop giving myself such a hard time. <laughs> well, you know, it's, it's funny you should mention that. And again, what we're talking about here, folks, you know, with remembering Batten, but also with with Mr. DiPaolo and and with some of the others that we have referenced in this conversation, is we're we're talking about that experience of of stepping out into the world with your art or with whatever it is you have to share, and 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 being who you are and and being ready as best you can to accept what comes. And I was at a, a screening um, Friday night of student films, because I sometimes teach uh, screenwriting at the New York Film Academy. And three of my students had their work up, and it was, it was fun. We watched the films. There was an audience there. We watched the film, this lovely theater. The director who had trained them, you know, gave the opening speech. And we watched all three films, and then... These, these students were graduating, and they were going to go, after a year with us, they were going to go forward and study in, in L.A. at uh, the uh, Los Angeles division of NYFA. And so we gave out, one at a time, their diplomas. And the young man who had directed one of the more, uh, one of the, the, the strongest, most touching pieces of the three, and they were all great, stepped up and proceeded to talk about how he wanted to try to do something but it didn't work, and he's going to try, you know, he's going to do better, but, you know, he wished it had worked, and he, he kept coming back to, it didn't work. And I wanted to pop him upside his head. Because <laughs> you know, I, I might have done it if there hadn't been a bunch of people watching. Because, the, the, again, the thing of it is, the audience has sat there being moved by what he did. And, yes, we understand it's not perfect. We understand you're a student, and this is the beginning of that road that you're on. Mm -hmm. But we see promise yeah. there. We were touched by what we saw. We see what you we saw what you were going for. We we applauded not out of politeness, but out of a genuine reaction, positive reaction to the work. And unfortunately, I think that young man sat there and saw only the flaws. And and I'm I'm reminded of you know, we can all do that. Yes, but and we have to grow. You have to grow past that, and you know. This is the work, warts and all. Right, and Harry Chapin has in one of his songs, you know, uh, Mr. Tanner. He talks about, you know, uh, that he, he he sings and he only heard the flaws. You know, so it's a it's a thing of where, yes, you're going to hear or see the flaws. You're going to know they are there, but you've also got to. You have to try and train yourself to see the positives, the things that you did accomplish, the things that did work, because that's what you're building off of. If you only see what didn't work. It affects your perception of your work. It affects your perception of how to move forward. And for some people, it paralyzes you. You, you give up. You walk away. So and Some of that is nerves, and some of that, honestly, is you know, the environment you grew up in. Mm, you, know, you grew mm. up in an environment where people said, no, you can't. You believe you can't. If you grew up in an environment where people say, yes, you can, 
then that's the that's what you learn. So sometimes we have to do the Yoda and unlearn <laughs> what I, we there have is, learned. There is no maybe. There is only there's no try. There is only do. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But you know, yeah. again, um, Batten, Joe Arlansdale, and most often Dick you Giordano. Oh, have been, oh, uh, I'm uh, sorry. No, I was just going to say Dick Giordano. I I didn't know where you were yeah, going. Yeah, Dick Giordano, and and. And you have been uh, one of those influences that taught me to, you know, forget the negative and uh, work on improving the positive. And uh, I tell you, uh, it is um, it is a fact of my life that I am grateful that after all these decades together, that we're <laughs> still working together, and I'm still learning from you and. Uh, we get to work shoulder to shoulder on stuff like blackjack um, and uh, tell the damn story. And I, uh, you know, every once in a while, you know, we talked about, you know, celebrating people while they're still around. We missed that opportunity with Batten. Um, I want to tell you that I am grateful for you and all that you've done and the positive influence that you have been in my life. And uh, so thanks a lot, Alex Simmons. Oh, geez. <laughs> Thank you, Chris. Um, you do this to me uh, every now and then. I'm going to do one for you because uh, I, I sort of you know have kept quiet about um, without going too deeply into an aspect of my personal life. Uh, two years ago, I went through a, a major health scare, and it was it was not something that came and went in a matter of days or weeks. It was several months. And it was a, it was a difficult time. I, I often joke that we Simmonses are a hearty breed, and, you know. And I, you know, my mom's raised me solo, so you know I know what tough women and strong women are like, and I know what you know strong men are like in my life too. But uh, this 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 period was difficult. It was very difficult for me. It was a lot that made it feel like um, I'm not sure how this is going to work out. And one of the things, one of the people that not only from the beginning said, I got your back, I'm, I'm here, we're going to go through this together, uh, was you, one of those people who stepped up instantly and even came up with something to, to do over those months that we could work on together that would help take my mind off of the, the, the bit of a wrestling match that I was in. And I, I sincerely believe, and I've, I've sat and I've talked about Billy Graham and the things that he did to help me through that, that difficult time when I was 18 and, and, you know, a lot of the world seemed to be crumbling around me. Um, I add you to, to that mantle of, of, of knights who, who, who rode to the rescue and <laughs> that's very nice of you. Who, who kept, kept the, the beast at bay long enough for me to get strong enough to, to stand with you and to come out the other end of that. And I would say that it would have been a lot harder, a lot darker, a lot scarier if you hadn't been there. So well, I thank you, know, you for that. I learned from, uh, I learned from good people. You know, I had good examples, yourself, my pop, mm. um, you know, even Batten in the, in, in the few brief moments that uh, I was in his presence, you know, uh, I've always been very impressed with uh, those who can do for others and, and 
not have the handout, not ask, not even consider what's in it for me. I think that's the way you move the world forward. And uh, it was very easy to do it for you uh, because that's how we roll. <laughs> Thank you very much for even mentioning it. Uh, uh, you know, like I said, I, I, I had to. I had to. I, you know, practice what you preach. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there we go. Yeah, I love you, buddy. And I guess that's the message for uh, this Baton Lash themed episode. Yeah, is, uh, take a page from his book. You know, not the monster uh, councils of the macabre. <laughs> Although that could be interesting. Life. Yeah, you know, yeah, and uh, yeah. he was a he was a positive force in that industry and a positive force in the life of those uh, uh, around him. And and so can you. You can be the same thing. Every day we get up, we make a choice. Every minute that we're interacting with other people, we make a choice. Yeah. We could be positive or we could, can go the other way. I'm going to say that as a toast to Batten, and I intend to be doing that throughout the day, um, one thing that I would su suggest to people out there, creatives and otherwise, is uh, dedicate a certain amount of time each day to forming more friends than foes. There you go. Yeah. That, that's a toast to Batten. That's one of the things that he did and... It's one of the things that you and I have been trying to do with our lives, and I, I suggest that strongly to everyone out there. It's a good feeling, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah. Give it a shot. You got it. And that's us one more time doing what, sir? Well, we're trying to be positive as a way to tell the damn, damn story. story. <laughs> good talking to you, Chris. Great talking to you. Yeah. We'll talk to you soon. This is episode 68. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Next episode is 69. Yes, We're and, ready to and, go. right. Go back, go back and check ex episode 67 here, Mr. DiPaolo. You know, especially yeah. you, you, you independents who are jumping out on the train or jumping up onto the train for the first time, or you've been on it, you're not quite sure who to talk to, and everything. Just, just, just listen and understand what we were saying today. And, and I would also say, uh, folks, you know, uh, we ask every week. Give us some comments, you know, tell us who who inspires you or tell us who has helped you move further along the trail as you aspire to whatever it is. You know, whether yeah, it's celebrate a positive influence, yeah, write, please, it, write please. it in the comments. That yeah, would be write cool. it in our comments. And you know what? You could even and again, another tribute to Batten. Uh, if you're on social media, pop it up there, you know, pop it up on our comments and we'll happily talk about it. But throw it up on whatever social media that you you you, you inhabit. And and just say, hey, this is a shout out to so and so because yeah, that'd be yeah, cool. That's it. I think that's one way of of really, you know, honoring some good people out there. Okay. And on that note, Chris, catch you next time. Catch you next time. Peace. Peace. <laughs>